Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles, arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise by your power. We will go by your spirit. We are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Good morning, and welcome to hour two of Mornings with Carmen on this seventh of February, twenty twenty-three. We're going to pray the news here this morning. It's one of my um, things that I want to encourage and compel us to do each and every day. I want us to be in the Word of God. So where in the Word are you today? I want us to be preparing ourselves to walk our faith out into the world that God so loves and to do so in ways that honor Jesus. And so we're seeking to uh, cultivate the mind of Christ on the matters of the day. And we're also praying the headline news because sometimes... um, Prayer is what we can do. It's not all we can do, but it is what we can do in the moment. And so to get us prepared to pray this morning um, in a particular direction for a particular people, I want to invite you to think for just a moment, wherever, wherever you are right now, where is the closest hospital? So geographically from where you are right now, where is the closest hospital? In which direction? How far away? How would you get there in case of emergency? How would you get there in case of emergency if no one could get to you? Um, How would you get there if your home collapsed and one of the people you love best in the world was trapped and with your bare hands you were able to dig them out? How would you get them to that closest hospital, that hospital that's closest to you? Now, what if in addition to your house collapsing... Thousands of buildings fell to the ground all at once. And what if one of those buildings was the hospital? Where's the next closest hospital with the kind of trauma care that your loved one needs? How would you get there? How far could you carry your mother, your child, your neighbor, your fellow man? More than 5,000 people are now um, accounted for as having been killed, tens of thousands injured. It's possible there are yet a million people missing after a magnitude 7.8 earthquake struck Turkey and Syria yesterday morning. We talked about it yesterday. Um, At that point, you know, the fatalities, the known fatalities were in the hundreds we, we, we talked about being prepared for those numbers to grow exponentially, and now they have. Thousands of buildings collapsed in both places. Humanitarian assistance is really hard to, um, you know, right, hard to generate. Freezing weather is complicating conditions, uh, as are more than 100 aftershocks. Um, Guidelines International is a broadcast ministry in the region. Um, So if you want to think about what we do at Faith Radio, who does what we do in Turkey? Guidelines International. And um, 
Guidelines International, their affiliate in Turkey, has been off the air um, since the quake. So this evangelical broadcast ministry that operates a station in Antioch, Turkey, has been off the air since the earthquake. So I want to invite you to pray specifically today because we need some we need to be able to pray specifically. So I'm going to pray specifically today for these people who are engaged in a ministry much like this one where the gospel is proclaimed and devotions are delivered in the heart language of the people each and every day. Um, Christians in the region are mobilizing to the area with emergency supplies and to assist people. Um, and, and they've sent out a call for prayer. So here's the prayer they're praying. We know that God is in control and that he can bring light to even the darkest of situations. We trust that God will be with the people of this region as they begin to rebuild their lives And we pray that this tragedy will bring people closer to Jesus, that they will find comfort in his loving arms, and that there will be an outpouring of God's grace, mercy, and peace over Turkey. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Pray the news with me today. And if you want to donate to what uh, Guidelines International is busy doing in the region, you can go to guidelines.org backslash donate and designate that it's for Turkey aid. I'll put the link in the show notes for today. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. All right, this is going to be a fun conversation with Tanita Maddox. She is a regional director and the Gen Z expert for the Ministry of Young Life. You can find her and some really great resources at her website. I will link to it in the show notes today, tanitamaddox.com. Tanita, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Good morning. Good morning. All right. I love your enthusiasm and passion for the gospel and the way you express that toward adolescence and the culture today. Um, and so before we get to, you know, what might sound like not very exciting data, let's um, let's talk about adolescent culture. Like, who is Gen Z and why should I care about them in terms of the gospel? Well, Gen Z are typically those who were born between 1999 and 2015. That's the dates that Barney used. I like those dates. So those are our middle school students, our high school students, our college students, and now our young professionals. They're in the workplaces with us. And they're growing up in such an interesting cultural moment, a different time than any other previous generation has ever experienced. Part of that is technology. We talk about a post-Christian worldview. Uh, They're the most diverse generation. They're the largest generation and so they are really positioned for global impact. And the gospel is going to be really important to get to this group of people. So let's talk um, about um, what you are learning from recent surveys, um, maybe particularly bring uh, into view for us um, uh, this survey identifying young adults and where they are in terms of faith uh, pre and post pandemic. Well, I don't think it's any surprise that before the pandemic, that involvement of Generation Z in church, in Christian faith was already on the decline. They were leaving churches. Um, and there's you know stats from Christianity Today that says uh, that young adults have had the greatest uh, change in religious attendance following the pandemic then. Uh, and one in three adults say they go less to church than they did before the pandemic. 
Um, 58%, according to Barna, of adolescents believe that many religion, religions lead to eternal life. So there's not a big uh, belief that there is one way, but many ways. So all this was happening before the pandemic, and then the pandemic just kind of exacerbated this this departure from uh, in-person regular church attendance. When you, um, and again, we're talking with Tanita Maddox, and if you've not connected with her, I'm going to encourage you to do so, TanitaMaddox.com. When you talk about needing, in order to reach kids with the gospel, or or adolescents, I shouldn't call them kids, um, in order to reach the next generation with the gospel, we need to both speak their language and um, and meet them on their turf. That sounds very young lifey, right? I'm a young life uh, person, so um, I know uh, I know that lingo. Like I want to go where they are and I want to be their friend. Um, I'm I guess I'm thinking, Tanita, that uh, kids are probably really suspicious today of adults that want to befriend them. Can you sort of get me over the fear of? speaking to or reaching out to Gen Z people? Well, I think that's more of our personal insecurity uh, versus <laughs> what the data is actually saying is that uh, adolescents and Gen Z in particular is looking for intergener- intergenerational relationship. They want to be mentored by those older to them. Uh, 73% of Gen Z would like to turn to an older generation member for important decisions in their life. When they're facing critical moments, they want to turn to those who are older than them. The block for them is that, again, 71% feel like that the older generations do not understand them, that they'll feel misunderstood. And so they feel that tension of, man, I really want to go to someone who's older than me to talk about really important things. But what if I do and they don't understand me? And I feel worse and I feel even lonelier than I did before. So that's kind of the tension we're feeling in the middle of this. Okay, so talk with us about what is good news to members of Gen Z. Help us understand them um, so that we can then sort of get over our own fear of engaging in order that they would not be afraid to engage with us. Let's, um, Tanita, let's hold that um, after a very, very brief break. But that's that's the help we need. We as older Christians, um, because virtually everyone within uh, earshot of my voice right now is uh, is older than Gen Z. Um, And so help us as older, more mature Christians, a little further along on our faith journey, like help us to understand what the good news looks like to members of Gen Z or the adolescent culture today. That conversation up next with Tanita Maddox. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. How are you preparing for the reality of Jesus's last days, his passion, Holy Week, the Last Supper, the Garden of Gethsemane, Judas's betrayal, Peter's denials, Jesus being stripped and humiliated by soldiers and falsely accused by the Jews and subjected to mock trials and ultimately crucified? How are you planning to give those events in Jesus's life the attention they deserve? That's what the season of Lent is all about. The 40 days prior to Easter are set aside to prepare ourselves to face the reality of the cross and, yes, ultimately to celebrate the reality of the empty tomb. I invite you to join us in reading through the Bible together during Lent. The study will provide a way for you to intentionally engage each day with the Word of God. You can sign up today at MyFaithRadio.com as we read through the Bible together this Lent.
All right, we're talking with Tanita Maddox, um, and she's going to help us understand adolescent culture and help us get over our own insecurities and fear related to engaging with them um, in order that we might be the person in the older generation that they feel comfortable turning to when they have a question, when they uh, when they do want um, some wisdom and some counsel in terms of making decisions in the in the times that they're trying to navigate as young adults. Tanita has written a whole book on this topic, Ever Changing Culture, Never Changing God, Translating the Gospel for Adolescent Culture. Um, Tanita, uh, help us get over ourselves uh, in order that we might get into the culture that the next generation is living in. Well, one thing we've got to understand about Gen Z is that they're overwhelmingly hearing negative messages about who they are as a generation. And when we enter into a conversation and we say positive things about them, and I'm talking one-on-one in, in interaction with folks, uh, you know, at the grocery store, at McDonald's, wherever we are, lean over the counter and say, hey, guess what? I think your generation is amazing. They're, we can open a conversation because they're just not hearing that positive vision from older generations over them. But the reality is when you think about them navigating social media, school shootings, a global pandemic, three things that did not exist when I was a high school student, and they're still standing, there's an incredible amount of strength and courage we can speak into them. They are searching for truth. They will they will seek truth. They're very aware that there's lots of different messages out there. And so we get to reach across the counter and say, I respect that y'all are looking for truth and I am cheering for a generation. So that's just one small way. Start speaking positive vision over this next generation as we steward them. And if we need to, we got to go to the Lord and say, Lord, how are they reflecting the image of God that I can call out, celebrate and cultivate in this next generation? Hmm, I love that. I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes. Um, why Why does reaching adolescence or Gen Z, why, why does that require translation? They're growing up in such a different cultural moment uh, than, than most of us have ever experienced, for sure, as when we were growing up. And uh, what we're realizing is they, they do not feel listened to by their older generations. And so what's happening when we're reaching the gospel is we are answering questions they're not asking, and we're ignoring the ones that they are. And so when we slow down and we say, hey, what do you wish I, someone my age, understood or cared about? Or how well do you feel like I listened to you? When we start to hear the questions that they're asking, the things that are important in their hearts, we can then uh, intersect that with the gospel and start answering their real life questions of how they're navigating life with the gospel, as well as create very concrete connections with faith and everyday life. How does knowing that God loves me actually change my life? And we get to make those connections for them that aren't being made right now. All right. So back in the mid-1980s, when my young life leader uh, came to my high school, um, you know, right, to connect with me as a student, like that was that was a great way to meet me on my turf. Um, where, like, how does that happen today? Like, where do we go and how do we meet young people on their turf? I, I like the leaning over the leaning over the counter idea, but that's going to be like a moment engagement. That's not really going to be the establishment of any kind of long term relationship, or at least in my life, that's the way I feel that would be. 
<laughs> well, I, it all depends on where you are and what your what your habits are. You know, so kids today they still are at you know the football field and the track field and doing and the drama theater and all those places that are around your campuses. They're also in the businesses around our campuses, at the coffee shops, at the burger joints where they're doing homework and meeting up with friends. But, you know, if I, I like to frequent, you know, certain places all the time that I, you know, eat regularly or, mm. you know, grab a cup of coffee. And I, I did this uh, just even at a local fast food restaurant where I just leaned over the counter and just said that I broke the cultural <laughs> societal barrier and I said, bar- barrier and said, Hey, I just think your generation is amazing. I read about you. I study you. And I think you're amazing. That young man that was working by my counter came and found me at my booth and slid in and sat down and talked to me for 10 minutes. He said, mm. tell me more. And then he went back to work and he came back again and said, tell me more again. So we can actually establish those patterns, whether your uh, influence is one person in front of you or you're coaching a team of 100 kids at the track team. We, wherever our influence is, it's paying attention and then consistently showing up and really just starting the conversation. What do you wish I understood? Tell me about your day. I want to know more about what it's like to be a teenager, what it's like to be a Gen Z, a young professional, a college student today, because I've never experienced that before. Hey, if you're listening and you want to be equipped to do what Tanita is talking about, um, her book is Ever-Changing Culture, Never-Changing God, Translating the Gospel for Adolescent Culture. I'll put the link in today's show notes. Um, Tanita, um, for the person listening right now who... Like they they don't even understand how complex the reality is that students are living in. Um, I'm thinking here about identity confusion and social media and school violence and mental health issues um, and student ministries that have, you know, fallen off the radar and churches that have totally, um, you know, shifted emphasis during COVID. Um and families that are broken and generationally so. Um, Cultivate within us a heart, a heart to do the hard work that you're describing in breaking uh, breaking those barriers, getting out of our comfort zone in order that we can meet young people on their turf in order that we could share the gospel. Well, I was walking with a high school sophomore uh, last year at one of our summer camps. Uh, and as we're walking, you know, my the high school kids I work with and they're aware, I, I read about them. I read about them. I study them and I run stuff back. And, hey, I read this about you. Tell me about this. And this sophomore girl stopped me and she said, thank you for studying us. Someone has to tell the grownups what's happening to us. So there's this little cry for help of even our teenagers going, someone has to tell the grownups that we are dying in a pile, you know, that they're suffering under just a load of mental health and uh, looking for hope and looking for truth and feeling alone and feeling further and further isolated from the older generations who are called to steward them and love them and lead them. And I just thought that was the perfect, perfect cry for help from an actual, you know, 15 year old. Someone has to tell the grownups what's happening to us. Um, thank you, Tanita, for being a person who is willing to tell the grownups um, what's happening with adolescence and Gen Z. I appreciate your work. I appreciate the work of Young Life. I certainly appreciate what you're writing and 
um, in your speaking ministry as well. You guys can connect directly with Tanita at her website, tanitamaddox.com. Um, the book that she authored a couple of years ago um, on this topic, Ever-Changing Culture, Never-Changing God, Translating the Gospel for Adolescent Culture. Um, Tanita, thank you for helping us understand um, the reality that young people are living in and inviting us to sort of get over ourselves and out of our own comfort zone in order that um, the next generation could know Jesus by being in relationship with us. Like that's, that's huge. Thank you so much. Thank you. Your words have power. Mm. Amen. Amen. Um, let's take a break for Breakpoint. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. This is a kingdom. All right. Uh, one of our regular everyday listeners is Bob Castro. Um, he's a pastor. He's in town for a conference. And so he is joining us live in studio today. Bob, maybe, um, you know, react to the conversation we just had with Tanita Maddox. It was interesting for me because one of the readings this Sunday is from Corinthians, Apollos planted and I watered, um, but God brings the growth. And one of the things that I've tried to do is help get the churches ready to receive Gen Z, uh, millennials, Gen Y, so that as part of the discipling process, because I believe that corporate worship is so important to discipling, that not just to expect them to come in and learn our language, but to share their language in corporate worship, make the church ready to receive them. Mm, That's so good. That's so good. Um, Hey, if you're listening right now and you want to give your feedback and input, the text line is always open, 877-933-2484. And yeah, I will will drop the link for Tanita Maddox's website uh, in there for you if you're looking for that. It'll also be in the show notes today, which you can get wherever you subscribe to Mornings with Carmen as a podcast. Even if you listen to it live as a show, if you want the show notes, Um, If you subscribe to it as a podcast, then when that podcast downloads, um, you'll have uh, the show notes for every single day. So there you go. That's how to make that happen simply and easily. All right. uh, Next up, we're going to have a conversation with Brad Hambrick. The book is Angry with God. Um, Hey, is it okay to be angry with God? We've been angry at God from time to time. What does it look like instead to be angry with God? What What does that mean? We're going to have a conversation about an honest journey through suffering and betrayal. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Joining us now, Brad Hambrick. You can find him at bradhambrick.com. Um, We're talking today about his brand new book, Angry with God, An Honest Journey Through Suffering and Betrayal. Brad, welcome back. It's good to be with you again. Appreciate the invitation. Yeah, absolutely. So um, remind people what you do professionally so that we can understand the counsel you're giving us here. Sure. 
so I wear, uh, like many people in ministry, more than one hat. Uh, I serve as the pastor of counseling at the Summit Church in Durham, North Carolina. Uh, I also serve as a professor uh, of counseling at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary just down the road in Wake Forest. Uh, and so most of what I do, I do from a ministry perspective, uh, but because it is counseling related, uh, I tend to jump in on the deep end of the pool of life uh, with folks that are going through hard times. It must be Durham Day on Mornings with Carmen, because um, earlier today we talked with Kendall Vanderslice, who is a baker in your community. Um, and so I know. There you go. Kind of cool, right? So we were mm-hmm. we were. uh seeing how Christ could be made known in the breaking of the bread. So there you go. Um, Mm -hmm. All right. Angry at God or angry with God? The at is scratched out on the cover of the book. So move us from angry at to angry with. Yeah. And I think the place to start uh, is that this is primarily a book about grief uh, more than it's a book about anger. Uh, But you put anger on the title. And anger just has this way of getting all the attention. Uh, But oftentimes when we have gone through profoundly hard things, uh, we miss the fact um, that there is grief involved in that. Uh, And that when you go through, uh, whether it is seeing something fall apart at your church, getting a health diagnosis, the betrayal of a friend or a marriage, um, it, those things prompt grief. Uh, We often look up at the sky, uh, and the question in our mind is just why? Um, And we often, uh, our instinct is to say, in that moment, uh, I'm angry at God. Um, And we think uh, God is an adversary, that we are having a debate, uh, that this is a trial. Uh, It's kind of full-on book of Job motif. Uh, And really, this book is an invitation uh, to move from at Uh, to with. Uh, And maybe many of your listeners have had the experience of something's been hard. Uh, They've talked with a good friend, and they may have raised the decibel level of their voice. They may have used uh, sharp words. Their eyes may have been piercing. Uh, But at the end of the conversation, they look at their friend and they say, thank you. Uh, I feel heard. I feel supported. I feel better. Um, And when scripture tells us that God wants to be a refuge, uh, that blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted, uh, that kind of God is willing to hear our hot prayers more than willing. He invites them. Uh, And this book kind of gives us a a tool uh, that we can walk through those hard times in a very honest way, uh, not pretending things are any easier than they actually are. Uh, to feel God's support and hopefully the support of a good friend uh, as we go through those times of intense grief. If you're listening right now and you know that Brad is talking about you, like you are um, walking through a period of an intense grief and you'd love to be doing it with God instead of just being angry at him, um, an honest journey through suffering and betrayal, this book is available for you today You can text the word book to 877-933-2484. Enter the drawing for the copies we have available here in studio. Um, Use the word honesty and honest, uh, not only in the title, but several times just just now in um, in that description. Um, Honesty means like I'm not ignoring. I'm not living in ignorance of I'm uh, I'm I'm acknowledging 
the very real suffering or the very real betrayal that I've experienced. Why is honesty like the essential starting point? Yeah, I think oftentimes as Christians, uh, we, we feel a lot of pressure for things to be all better too fast. Uh, and that ability to, uh, to be honest about hard things. Uh, as Christians, we often feel bad for feeling bad, uh, as if pleasant emotions were the only permissible emotions uh, for us to experience. Uh, and that's kind of the backbone of this book uh, is Psalm 44, which is a psalm of lament. Uh, and for many Christians, it surprises us that if you just did a tally mark count through the psalms, uh, there are more psalms of lament, uh, more psalms written in the minor key, uh, expressing grief about hard times, than there are psalms of praise. Uh, and so that spot where we go, I don't have to be fake. Uh, I don't have to pretend with God that things are better than they are. Uh, if we're going to have a real relationship that makes a real difference in our lives, that kind of authenticity is, is essential. All right, I'm taking notes. Um, and again, we're talking with Brad Hambrick. We're talking about his new book, Angry with God, An Honest Journey Through Suffering and Betrayal. We are giving away copies today. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484. Um, Brad, this feels like a long walk with a trusted friend, in this case, a trusted counselor, through what is, you know, honestly, a very long process. Um, I think that we as Christians tend to get fatigued with one another. God never gets fatigued with us, right? It can it, mm -hmm. it takes a long time. But sometimes we do get fatigued with one another. Can you can you speak to that reality? Yeah, and I think sometimes fatigue uh, comes with confusion. Uh, mm -hmm. That we're uh, our friend. Let's assume we're on the helping, assisting, supporting side of the relationship. They're coming to us, and we're we're not sure what to say. Uh, it, you know, one of the things about grief is it's really repetitive. Uh, yeah. If you've talked to a loved uh, someone who's lost a loved one, they, uh, they're very prone to tell the same stories uh, over and over again. It, grief is repetitive. Uh, but to that aspect of confusion, one of the ways that I hope this, uh, this book serves not just the griever, but the supporter well, is it provides structure uh, to that friend who's coming alongside um, you know, the book becomes a conversation guide. Mm -hmm. uh, it prompts the questions. It gives a sense of direction. Um, you know, that friend doesn't necessarily have to be the voice giving the advice of God. Uh, they can just be the compassionate eyes of God saying, I, I see you. I get you. They can be the ears who say, I hear you. Uh, and, um, you know, one of the things I want to do is kind of lift that burden off of the supportive person uh, so that, uh, their main ministry uh, is the ministry of presence. Mm. That's so good. That's so good. And I can be present. I can, I mean, sometimes it's hard, right? But, um, oh, but I can, I can be present. Um, I think the, one of the hardest things is imagining that you have to have something new to say every time. But in, in the same way that grief is repetitive, I don't necessarily have to have a new thing to say every time. I can say the same thing. I can repeat the same truth. I can acknowledge that, God sees and God loves and God cares and God hasn't forgotten and God is deeply aware and um, his mercies are new every morning. And, um, and I can be the person who, um, who believes when my friend doesn't believe 
I can I can do that. Um, we're, we're talking with Brad Hambrick, among other things. He's the author of Angry with God. It's the book we're discussing today, An Honest Journey, and it really is a journey through suffering and betrayal. If you're interested in entering the drawing for the copies we have to give away today, text the word book to 877-933-2484. Next, in just a moment, we're going to ask Brad to walk with us, as he does in the book, as a counselor and companion, through some of the major elements of the healing process. Um, We we won't have time to describe them all um, that he walks through in the book, but um, maybe, maybe it would be helpful for you today to just learn to articulate the pain. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, Thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. Brad Hambrick is here today. He's a counselor, among other things. He's also the author of Angry with God. It's the book we're currently discussing, but you you ought to check out um, everything Brad's working on and lots of other resources at bradhambrick.com. Um, Brad, talk with us uh, about some of the things that you do unpack in the book. You're walking with us as a counselor and a companion. Maybe um, let's step into some of the major elements of the healing process. Like, why why do I need to learn to articulate the pain? Yeah, it... Something that we can't put into words um, tends to have this haunting presence over our life. Uh, It's really hard to let somebody else into the experience, uh, to feel known, to feel understood. Uh, When I can put what I've been through into words in a way that I feel like, hey, this represents me. Uh, And I look at the person that I'm talking to uh, and they don't look confused. They don't look overwhelmed. Um, then there's a sense that this is knowable. Uh, And if it's knowable, it's less daunting. When it feels so huge that it can't even find words to fit it, uh, then it only adds to the sense of overwhelmment that I feel. Hmm. Um, And then let's talk about um, learning to alleviate the effects of the pain. Like this um, this is a really essential part of the process as well. Yeah, and so uh, what we do in that part of the book is we just look at the different the different parts that can be in uh, play here. Uh, and so we look at the emotions, we look at our thoughts, we look at relationships, uh, we look at choices, and we look at our uh, our view of God. Uh, maybe just to take a, a sample off of that with the emotions, one thing that that I found to be very helpful uh, is when people can differentiate their primary and secondary emotions. Uh, give a, a quick, uh, light example of a heavy subject. Uh, you know, primary emotions are how we feel about a situation. Uh, secondary emotions are how we feel about how we feel about that situation. 
So if you've got a parent, they're in the front yard, their uh, kids are playing, and the kid starts to trot off towards the street, uh, at that moment, uh, the parent, their primary emotion is fear. Um, you know, if you see your child moving towards the street, how do you feel about that? You feel uh, afraid. Uh, so they call out sharply, uh, stop right there, don't move another step, um, because how they feel about being afraid for their child's safety is angry. Uh, and so if you interview that child and go, how does your parent feel right now, uh, afraid or angry? Uh, chances are the child's going to say they're mad. Um, but if you came to that parent and tried to re rebuke or reprove them and said, look, you need to calm down, uh, they're going to get defensive and say, what do you mean? I, how am I supposed to feel when my child is running towards the street? I, and uh, on the other hand, if you meet them in that secondary emotion of, hey, you, you did a good thing there, your child is safe now, now, now you can relax. Uh, that parent feels a lot more heard and understood. Well, when we take grief and we've lost something important to us, that's a primary emotion. Primary emotions tend to be more vulnerable. And we ask, how do we feel about feeling sad about losing something? That's why it often sparks red. That's why we have these hot laments. Uh, and if as Christians, what we're doing is reproving each other because we think anger is always somehow wrong, uh, then it's really easy for that grieving person to get defensive and go, well, how am I supposed to feel? Um, and so even seeing those kinds of differences, putting it into words, inviting into a conversation with a trusted friend, uh, those are things that can be a, a significant release valve uh, to some of the, the energy, some of the heat of what's going on uh, that allows for a healthier processing of these experiences. Mm, that is so helpful. That is that is so helpful, Brad. Um, I feel like the perspective one that you talk about in the next portion, um, this learning to contextualize your experience in light of the gospel, uh, this is the, for me, like, either like turning the lens around or widening the aperture, like, um, I'm not the only person who has ever experienced such a thing. Um, and this may well not be the deepest grief I ever experienced. Like, right. It's, it's, um, talk with us about contextualizing whatever my personal experience is in light of the reality of the gospel. Yeah. Uh, I'll say what I wasn't trying to do or wasn't able to do in that section. Sometimes what we really want to know is what is the silver lining? Uh, what yeah. is the thing that kind of flips the quilt over and all the, um, erratic threads on one side become a beautiful mosaic on the other, uh, or give the answer to the why question uh, that we've been uh, wrestling with. Uh, but I think we can look at uh, those major movements of the gospel, creation, fall, redemption, sanctification, glorification, and begin to see how they make sense of our experience. Like when we grieve, it's because we lost something good. Grief always starts in something good. If it wasn't good, we wouldn't be grieving its absence. Uh, creation was good. Um, that, that's God's theme throughout that part. And um, you know, then you have the fall, and that good becomes broken. Uh, and we recognize that, it's, that in these moments, it's not just that God is sympathizing with us. It's that we're getting a fresh perspective on what it was like uh, for his heart when the 
goodness of creation came to shambles at the fall. That, um, you know, with redemption, uh, you know, when you look at redemption in the context of scripture as a whole, uh, kind of the the theme that I hit there is uh, we have an ultimate hope. Uh, We know this is a good story that ends well. But just because this is a good story with ultimate hope doesn't mean it doesn't have dark chapters. Mm-hmm. And when we recognize this can be a dark chapter of our life, still in a good book, in a good story, it allows us not to minimize uh, what we're going through, uh, but it also allows the hardness of what we're going through not to overwhelm us. You know, sanctification, so fancy kind of a fancy word, but it's something that happens incrementally over time. Uh, And sometimes we wish God wasn't as patient as he was. Uh, You know, we kind of wish God would just uh, move this whole thing along a little faster. We we almost get offended at God's patience. Uh, But we recognize that that's Mm. him as a good shepherd walking at the pace of his sheep. And so we're using themes like that the kind of things that we hear weekend and weekend out in our church services uh, and trying to help us contextualize them for the experience of suffering, betrayal, grief uh, that we're going through. I'm so glad that you made reference to um, God as the good shepherd who moves at the pace of the sheep, because that was that's what I had written down um, in my notes to highlight um, here as we close the conversation. I love that. I love the image not only of the good shepherd, but of the good shepherd moving at the pace of the lambs he loves. Um, that is that is so generous and gracious and good and, and spot on. Um, Brad, thank you so much for joining us again today on Mornings with Carmen. We value, um, we value your ministry and your input, um, your counsel. Thank you so much for um, not only this book, but others that you've written as well. Brad Hambrick author of Angry with God, An Honest Journey Through Suffering and Betrayal. You can find him at bradhambrick.com. You can also text the word book to 877-933-2484 to enter the drawing for the copies of Angry with God we're giving away today. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. All right, we're bringing uh, Bob Castro back on. He's a pastor. He's a regular listener every single day to Mornings with Carmen, and he's in studio today with some headphones on. Um, And if you're looking for him, Facebook is uh, a great place to go to find him. Uh, If you just look for Robert Castro, yes, Wisconsin, he will will pop up. I'll drop it in the show notes today. Please friend him because he currently has 666 friends, and that's just... Super disturbing to me. So, um, wait, is that too many or too few? I don't know. It's, well, it's just a terrible number. Oh, okay. It's just 666 is a terrible number. Oh, that's so there you go. right. I know, I know, I know. So, someone please go befriend Bob Castro on Facebook so he can have 667 friends. Hey, friend, it was uh, wonderful to have you in studio today. Thank you so much. Thank you for our ongoing friendship and fellowship uh, here on Mornings with Carmen. Um, you got you got 20 seconds to give people a, a send-off today. It was really great to be here, and um, thank you for the plug regarding C.S. Lewis. I love talking about C.S. Lewis. I am 
the C.S. Lewis quote go to? Yeah, we ought to do a C.S. Lewis conversation sometime with you. That would be fun. All right, you've been listening today uh, to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is the Faith Radio Network. You should check out everything we got going on at MyFaithRadio.com. You can get information about the Set Set Apart Conference that's coming up and our Lenten devotional Reading Through the Bible Together series. You can sign up for both of those today at MyFaithRadio.com. Have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.